Welcome to another edition of Here's the Pitch, sponsored by Masses Restaurants in St. Louis, five locations. STLMasses.com is their website. They're open. Go in. Have a sandwich. Have a meal. Have a cannelloni. There's no bologna in the cannelloni. STLMasses.com. You can find the menus and all the good stuff. I know my friend Mike Richter's been there and had some toasted ravioli once or twice, and I welcome him back. Hello, Mike. Yummy, yummy, yummy. People love these. Yummy, yummy, yummy. I'm ready to... Get out there now. Things are open. Get it in your tummy. Yes, absolutely. Sorry, I cut you off as I as I want as I want to do. I'm so used to that. It's good. Well, thank you again for joining me here on Here's the Pitch. People love these. I'm I'm, I'm telling you, people are really enjoying uh, when we open some baseball cards. We run through some old some old number jerseys and and do a few uh, other things. So we're going to do that again today. Yeah, well, that's because we can relate to the people. You know, they've. They want to talk about the same things. They want to remember the people and, and talk about these numbers and this downtime of baseball. It's it's good to bring back those memories and those thoughts buzzing in the heads. And if we can come to agreement and get some baseball, um, you know, these will be the times to propel us into ultimate fandom. That's right. And I forgot I buried the lead. I am last week. I was in my Pedro Guerrero 1989 uh, illustrated big head shirt. Today I'm wearing my Oakland A Mark McGuire. This is actual McGuire size. So if you watch on YouTube, you can watch all of our podcasts on YouTube at ST Weekly. We record these on video so you can see our faces. Put it on in the background. I'll put a little video over some of the things we talk about. Um, yeah, just having fun digging through the digging through all the old stuff. It still fits. Look at me. I'm so handsome. You're ageless. That's, that's pretty true. Okay. So I thought about doing uh, number 28 in, uh, in, in deference to Tommy Herr going into the Cardinal Hall of Fame because we've already done number 30, John Tudor, going to the Hall of Fame. We did number 12 right before Bill White was elected to the Hall of Fame. So I looked at 28. Didn't do much for me. I like the number 23. 23. I mean, first thing that comes to mind is what? 23. Well, for me, this is going to be controversial because there is one for our Cardinals fans that's immediate, but... I grew up, 23 is my favorite number. So I played second base at War 23 in lieu of not a Cardinals player. But during that 90s, the 23 was my guy in right field, Bernard Gilkey. Oh, I thought you were going to say Ryan Sandberg. Left field. Left field. Well, Sandberg was the reason that I wore 23. But second base. You yeah. named your yeah. child yeah. after Ryan, which I buried that last week. When you mentioned Shawan Dunstan, and then you said, you know, they had some weird names like Ryan. I meant to, I forgot to mention you named your child Ryan. Correct. So there's a big backstory about that, but part of it is uh, is my love for um, you know baseball and, and wearing number 23 and wanting to be Ryan Sandberg and playing second base. Growing up, not to mention my son was born on the 23rd, um, so it all kind of tied in. And when I was working in the <clears throat> other organization, the manager at the at the minor league uh, baseball um, stop that I was at was also Ryan Sandberg, whereas I met his mother. So um, a nice little tie-in to why my son's named Ryan. But 23 has always been my favorite uh, baseball number, and uh, it's good going down this road because it's been a good Cardinals number um, here recently too, and a lot of good names on this list. And this is good. I get to learn more about you. I didn't even know that little story. That's fun. <laughs> so 23, Bernard Gilkey is St. Louisan. 
I think a lot of people would say David Freeze is St. Louis, and so there's that tie. Right. But we've got two right out of the gate, two big number twenty threes. Like, and that's why I like this number because it's you got some sprinkled uh, crap in there, <laughs> like normal. There's a long, long history of the Cardinals, <laughs> but that's two really big names, and we haven't really even named all the big number twenty threes yet. Maybe we have. <laughs> Right. This one's a little bit more loaded. You know, it, it's one that's been passed around, but in a good way is that there's been some substantial stops. I, it may be equivalent, it, not as strong as like a 15, but maybe one tier below that. So I'll just get started in the 40s. Max Lanier, don't remember him. He was a pitcher. Evidently, he was pretty good. Uh, Del Wilbur also wore it in the 40s. He was a backup catcher, which is going to come and play here in a second. Uh, Charlie James, another name I don't really know, but some of the older guys might know him. But then the first name that comes to mind that's familiar is Tito Francona. He didn't play a lot of games for the Cardinals. Uh, this is Terry Francona's dad. I actually met him, uh, I think, two weeks or three weeks before he died. He was in Cleveland for a playoff game against the Yankees, and he was outside talking to Reggie ja- I, let's, let's say I was not talking to Reggie Jackson and Tito Francona, but yeah. I, did, I did get to shake his hand. Uh, Tito Francona, so that's a fun name. But then the big one comes in 1968. Ted Simmons wears it. He's going to the Hall of Fame. I think a lot of folks, um, old Cardinal fans, will always think of number 23 being Ted Simmons. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a little bit before that, but, I mean, you got to think that, you know, he was he was on a stretch where he was putting up about the same numbers of Johnny Bench, at least offensively. And, you know, he was a guy that that was a, a pretty solid um, player throughout those decades. And I, I think, yeah, the, the generation before me is going to look at that number and think that they had a superstar. And now, very rightfully, after 25 years, a Hall of Famer um, and, and, and see that number going back to those decades and, and see the long, beautiful flowing hair and. And remember 23 being Ted Simmons. Uh, I do love those those videos of him where it's in slow-mo and the hair is kind of weaving back and forth. And it was always weird to me as a guy who did not really see him play, uh, believe it or not, a little before my time. So I didn't get to see him play as a Cardinal. The numbers were there. I don't understand. I never understood right. why. I mean, it was him and Johnny Bench, and that was it. And because Johnny Bench was great defensively, he got that tick. But Ted Simmons, I mean, that should not be a deterrent that he played catcher and hit with those numbers that should be like oh wow he did all that while playing on the turf at bush stadium and then he did it for 20 years i mean it just made no sense to me how i always had these two arguments (laughs) ted simmons and lee smith i never understood what took so long for those two guys to get in the hall of fame i never understood any of the reasoning behind it yeah it makes no sense you look at the offensive numbers the comparisons at the time where he was doing things that pete rose was doing he was you know, all-time catchers, maybe Piazza and Carter a little bit ahead of him. Um, but it's, it, it, it was mystifying, but it's finally got it right. And it's glad that they're doing it in these times where the people are, you know, for the ones where they're, they're you know, missing these people. Like, unfortunately, Ron Santa wasn't able to enjoy his time going in. Now at least they're getting some of these right where, where people can get in and enjoy it fully. Yeah, let's make sure we talk about those Cubs, Mike. We all know you named your child Brian. Uh, so Ted Simmons, great Hall of Famer. Too bad we can't see that ceremony this year. I guess next year it'll be a, a fantastic. So they they followed up with Orlando Sanchez. That's the most <laughs> generic Latin name I think I've ever heard. I don't know this player, but he wore number twenty three after Ted Simmons. Right, Man, the, like I, the perfect pitch runner in the nineties or two thousands. <laughs> uh, I don't remember. 
Orlando Sanchez at all, but it, yeah. I will have to ask, again, I always say Buddy Bates was the equipment <laughs> manager at this time. At some point, we'll get him on and clarify some of these <laughs> odd questions. How did you give Orlando Sanchez Ted Simmons' number? Next was Tom Nieto. Tom Nieto going with our backup catcher theme here. Um, on the nineteen eighty five team. That means <laughs> that means you're you're a winner to me, heck of a year, Tom Nieto. I remember him being decent. I mean Daryl Porter played every day, it felt like. Um, again, the eighty five teams where I started sort of my following of baseball. So starting the backup catcher. Anything on Tom Nieto? No. I think it was he's a good a, team. <laughs> I believe he was a, and I really do. I think he's a, a a a bullpen coach for the twins still. And it was always in my head to go, just I have to meet Tom Nieto. I've never met him, and I, I feel like you'd feel like this is one of those guys you'll see at fantasy camp one day. Like they need catchers. Hey, Tom Nieto, come on in. So um, right. we keep up with the backup catchers. So the next one, you probably don't remember Alan Nicely. He wore it in 1986. Okay. Long time red. The no. only thing I remember about Alan Nicely, there was a game in San Francisco. I was watching it. And it was one of those crazy Sunday wind days. And Alan Nicely was playing first base, and he runs into foul territory, and he gets under it, and the ball conked him on the head and bounced into the stands. And that's what I remember about Alan Nicely. That's, that's probably what most Cardinals people who remember him would remember. I guess it wasn't nice that day. But Alan Nicely, number 20. The next number 23 was Dan Dreesen in 1987. Again, wasn't here long but made a big impact on that team in 87. So I love me some Dan Dreesen. I remember some big hits in 1987. Jack Clark went down. Here comes Dan Dreesen. He gets some big hits. He was, he was fairly important during that run. It's like we always say yeah, on, these, on, these, on these championship teams, when they win and a guy like – you remember Dan Dreesen. You don't remember Allen nicely, but you do remember Dan Dreesen because right. he's on a championship team. Yeah, those kind of moments cement – um, players that might not have a shining star for a regular season or a long tenure, but you remember the moment. So as we weave, we weave. We talked about maybe doing number twenty-eight this this time, but we're going to save that because it just didn't feel right. And so Dan Dreesen's here in eighty-seven, in eighty-eight, number twenty-eight, Tommy Herr gets traded to the Twins. What a trade! It was the weirdest trade too. I remember early in the season, it was like in, in April. And Whitey basically said, "I need, I need more bat. I need more power. We we lost, we lost, uh, we lost Jack Clark. I hate Bob Horner. I don't know why Dal Maxwell brought in Bob Horner. I need another bat. So they get Tom Bernanski to wear number twenty three. I loved Tom Bernanski. I hated Tom Bernanski because oh. I loved Tommy Hurt. Oh well, okay. that, that was my problem. Is uh, you know again, you know, love, loving second baseman at the time. Tommy Hurt was." You know, on the teams that, you know, when I get a first taste of winning in my childhood, he was a big part of. He survived the first clean house. Um, I mean, he was still there and he was still the ties to the teams of the 80s that, that were winning for me. And I felt like almost when Tommy Hurlap, the, the winning baseball and Jack Clark, too, the winning baseball in St. Louis also kind of left for a period of time. Um, so I, I embraced Topper Nancy. I had the Topper Nancy starting lineup. In the cards uniform, in the gray with the birds in the back, um, but uh, but it hurt me that Tommy Hurt is gone. I don't, and I wasn't old enough to remember the Keith Hernandez trade, which had to be shocking. Uh, I, I've heard everyone said obviously, and there was other reasons why. This has to be like just the first shocking 
what the hell are they doing? What, they're getting rid of Tom. And I know he was, I'm guessing, I didn't look, but I'm guessing he was a free agent. He also, his career started a little earlier than Willie McGee. Like he was around in 78 and 79. So his, his contract was coming due. Um, but yeah, for Whitey to trade one of his favorite guys, I mean, that double play combination of Ozzie and Tommy Herr is the reason why Tommy is going into the Cardinal Hall of Fame. And because obviously he was beloved, but yeah, I right. love, but I loved Bernanski came in and hit some, some bombs early on and I, I needed some home runs from the, from the uh, outfield spot. So uh, I was okay with it. And this is also because I, I did some, I don't know, I, I don't know if I sent this to you or Tim Trokey, uh, Professor Trokey. <laughs> The Cardinals were relying on Jim Lindemann in 1987 to play instead of Andy. So they traded Andy Van Slyke because they thought Jim Lindemann would be the next guy. Mm, and it didn't thanks. It didn't work. Uh, he got hurt a lot. didn't work. He did play pretty well in 87. So then this is why you get Bernanski. But the reason why I bring up Jim Lindemann, if you go to Baseball Reference, someone has sponsored his page. And I've never seen that on baseball. Like a, a guy just said, I, I, Steve Jones, sponsored Jim Lindemann's page, which I thought was funny. And then there's a YouTube link. And if you click the YouTube link, it sends you to a page of this guy going up to Ozzy Smith going, hey, can you say hi to my friend Steve? He's a huge Jim Lindemann fan. And Ozzy's <laughs> like, do what? He goes, yeah, he's just, he, he, he just tell him that you know Jim Lindemann and that you're, you're – it it's the funniest video. Go to Baseball Reference after you watch this podcast. Check out Jim Lindemann's page. I'm on a tangent. Sorry about that. Those are the right kind of friends. The other thing I remember about Nancy is so sit Tommy her away to get him, traded him for Lee Smith, which we brought up a little bit earlier. That's so we are always a right. lot of ties to – to some some guys that are getting some notoriety always weaving so yeah the bat wasn't enough we needed a closer we get a closer for three years we get lee smith from the, the red sox and bruno played pretty well uh for the red sox that year yeah so i like that it's a big name bernanski ted simmons we mentioned next guys bernard gilkey you're a big gilkey guy i i am i didn't understand i like i believed i really liked him more than ray langford so when he was traded i was a little upset because i just thought I thought Gilkey kind of had the more potential of these guys going forward, even though Ray was really kind of doing a lot of everything. I still felt like Gilkey was going to be a little bit more. Um, and he really was in 95, so they traded him high, and he didn't yeah. do much after. I mean, Ray Langford is not in the first Men in Black movie. Let's just say that. You know, it's it's Bernard Gilkey, and the reason why is because of the Mets season that he had that year. And, um and I don't know if that's the direct reason why, but it was his biggest years of his career, one of the biggest years in Mets history. Um, and so, yeah, if if you had to do it over again, you know, you think out of the three outfielders that, that they had in there in their early early nineties, um, before Ron Gant came in, ugh, makes me crawl just thinking about that. But Gilkey was a guy that you would have loved to have around, and he was my guy, and um, I liked him, and uh, it, it, it was it was sad, yeah, for sure. I remember this is a podcast where I can tell stories and name drop, right? Right, absolutely. Okay, which I which I've done a million times. So the first time I met um Nelly um was um at a Cardinal game and he was in some sort of thing and he looked at me, shook my hand and goes, "Hey, hey man, you you look familiar." I said, "Yeah, I I actually struck you out twice. Uh, Gilkey uh, and I were on the same team." He's like, "Oh yeah, man, I remember you." I said, I, "That's I didn't. I don't. Wasn't me. I just met. I just met you like a, just like a <laughs> couple minutes ago. We just did an interview, but I threw down Bernard Gilkey's name as to think that maybe he thought that if I anyway because you city, they're proud from you city. Right. 
All right, so we, we mentioned um, <laughs> number 23 in 1985, Tom Nieto, Dan Dreesen in 1987. The next winning year is 96 as Gilkey got traded. They bring in Mark Sweeney. Uh, Mark Sweeney was a great bench player for the Cardinals in 1996 and then was traded away. I thought he might be around longer, but uh, and he's he's a guy on the Padres broadcast now. I know one thing about him is that the Cardinals television broadcast team loves him. The Tom Mee and Mike Helling love this guy, so there I love the guys too. The lesser of the Sweeney brothers, though, is his brother Mike had a had a far superior career. I really had no idea they were. Are they really brothers? Oh gosh, I thought they were. <laughs> Here I go with my fact checks again. I have at least three to four of these every show. Didn't know but, I was doing a podcast I with. I, I didn't know I was doing a podcast with uh, Trump. <laughs> well, facts don't matter. But yeah. I, I, I've always thought that, and I believe that's true. So we'll put a yellow highlight on that now, and if it's green, I'll let you know. Okay. And Sweeney, one of those guys, I remember in 1996, Channel 11 did like a, a great Cardinal fun year thing and they had these home movies and Sweeney was in all of them along with Mabry along with Jordan um the 96 team is so much fun to me I I used to do a lot of research on that team they were going to implode um Tony La Russa came in just guns a blazing and a lot of guys did not understand his his way and didn't go well and at one point Tom Pagnazzi evidently had to go in have a meeting and just kind of tell Tony listen we you know we got to chill out with this this group it was a good group i mean he had all of his oakland guys but there's some fun and then you had ozzy's last year but like mark sweeney's one of those guys if you look at like 2011 which we will in a little bit you just needed like a ryan terrio or a gerald laird you had a mark sweeney god bless you mark sweeney <laughs> 90 so he's gone by 97 don't know where he went i think the padres but we get phil plantier now, I always loved the Cardinals having Phil Plantier because this was a guy I remember as a kid going, oh, my God, I can't wait to watch Phil Plantier. And he would just swing up and he was doing Matt Carpenter before Matt Carpenter was doing Matt Carpenter, basically. A lot of, a lot of launch angle, but not much launch. Gotcha. A lot remember of Phil Plan- Do you remember Phil Plantier? No. Oh, okay. Well, I'll move on then. Luis Ordaz okay. in 98. So during the Maguire stuff, yes. do you remember Luis Ordaz coming in and then hugging Big Mac? He was number 23 in 1998. Okay, so yeah, the big... A lot of good images of him. Right. We, so Brunanski, Ted Simmons, Bernard Gilkey. We lose it a little bit, but now Fernando Tatis in 1999. I actually came over in 98. Yeah. Fernando Tatis had a oh. huge 99. Yeah, lo- loved me some Fernando Tatis. He's uh, he was just like kind of a an odd fit for the Cardinals, but then he started emerging and just became this like kind of larger in life figure over there and solid player. Um, and then of course, obviously the the eight RBI in one inning um, and two grand slams in one inning. So that's a it's Fernando I believe he brought over frosted tips too. Like I don't remember ever seeing yeah. that until he had him. Right, he was an old guy, but he could hit the ball far. And now his son is like eight feet tall, and really good at baseball. <laughs> I got him in my minor league draft that I'm part of with you. Thank you. Yeah. If we ever see baseball ever again, I don't think we're going to see it this yeah. year. But I don't, we're not talking about that. Ooh, please don't say that. Uh, Tatis, if he didn't get hurt, it was a 2000, 2001. Remember in Philadelphia, he, he tore up his knee, and it really ruined his career. I mean, he went. I think he went to Texas. Um, he went to Philly and Texas. Had some decent years. I think he had a pretty good year in Texas. But 
um, thought he would be, be. I think they he thought he'd be better. It didn't didn't really turn out the way it would. You thought it would. Am I? What am no. I? Am I, having, am I having a stroke? I don't even know what's going on here. <laughs> Some guy named Sateria, Luis Sateria, wore it in 01? No. Man, I don't practice. I don't practice Sateria. <laughs> I don't have a crystal ball. In uh, 2002, I, 2002 is a fun year we should talk about at some point because Walt Jockety was trying everything. This was uh, coming off of 01. He brought in Mike Timlin in the bullpen. Then they brought in Jason Christensen. They tried Sterling Hitchcock. But number 23 in 02 was Jamie Wright. I, I totally kind of forgot about Jamie Wright, but big, tall guy. I think, was he a right. brewer and a Rocky, but only here for a cup of coffee, but he did wear it in 02. And not that was not the right that was on the Indians, right? That was a different right. That's that Jared was, right. Jared right. It's like you're testing they, me every time with this. Are they brothers? Is everybody with last name brothers? We need to do something on the Wright brothers at some point. I think they flew. Didn't they fly planes and stuff? They did. They did. So Jamie Wright, no no memories for Mike there. Let's move on to 03 through 05. A personal favorite of mine, Cal Eldred. Uh, one of the first yeah. guys I got to work with uh, as a as – a, uh, former baseball player analysis. Like back at Fox, we were having like Mike Claiborne and Derek Gould come in. But at one point, I think Walt Jockety asked, not Walt, uh, John Mosaic asked, hey, we want Cal to be part of the Cardinals. We don't have a spot for him. Can you make him, a, you know, help us put him in your analyst chair? And uh, he was just so, – he's so – he's he, just sitting watching him watch pitchers. You would say to yourself, well, this guy needs to be a pitching coach sometime. I mean, what is he doing sitting here – Jacking around with Trokey and Pat Paris and Max Linewan, like as we're throwing like spitballs and throwing popcorn at the TV, like he was watching guys going, "Wow, his arm! It's, it's like here, and it needs to be here." Like, how do you see that? Um, right. So, Cal Aldred, big, and again, when you talk about championship seasons, he was part of the '04 season. He's part of the '05 season, and had one of the craziest like ways out of baseball with this heart thing that he had in '05. Yeah, and he's like a top ten nice guy too, right? Totally. And it's crazy, like, when, because I remember him, you know, obviously he was a brewer his whole time, and Mm -hmm. you forget, like, he was, like, a top 10 first-round draft choice, and he was a starting pitcher who threw 200 innings every year and had some really big, big moments there in Milwaukee, but we never really got to see it. Um, So, yeah, I could do a whole thing on Cal Eldred, but go Royals. He's a pitching coach for the Royals, and I think... I think that'll help Matheny out a lot. I don't. I had, for some reason, I didn't see him and Lilliquist just meshing. Right, or or much of the roster. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it'll work over in Kansas City. They're okay with like seventy wins. They'll be fine. I, w- I really wish them luck. I mean, like you know, people that you root for, I, I you know, they get a fresh start, new outlook, a, a city that wants to be reinvigorated with baseball. They had some very good years, and I mean, they 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 had a really good fan poll. And then you know, just like those small market teams that aren't the Cardinals, it's it's always cyclical and they have to start over. But I'm excited for the Royal staff and hope to see get some good things. I do like telling stories here on the podcast and dropping names. We talked about Cal Eldred being one of the first analysts to come over and kind of be a former player. So getting to pick his brain on those kind of things was fun, but. The, the year in 2011, uh, Mike Matheny became an analyst. So with Cal, you could literally show him giving up home runs and show some stat, like <laughs> who hit him awful. So the first day Mike Matheny worked, we were playing uh, the Padres, and I showed all these ex- all these Padres that were still in the Padres that, were, that like Mike Matheny couldn't hit, like all these pitchers. 
and uh, Mike didn't seem to enjoy this this part of the show. And at at the end of it, I'm going, "Come on, Mike, that was fun." And he goes, "I didn't find it too fun, Brad." Wow, it sounded like Batman. That's what he always sounded like. So I I realized we weren't going to at have- least let you show the footage of him spitting out his chicklets. Because that's the best Mike Matheny image today. And we never really – I always was more – yeah, I I didn't get that. He was fun to work with though because he was – you wanted just to get him out of his element and he just wouldn't do it. But he was number 22. We're talking about number 23. Right. Cal Eldred, 23. Right. In the next year in 06, Anthony Reyes uh, wore number 23. Um, I mean what are the two biggest moments? Like game one of the World (laughs) Series and then a one-hitter. And then there's not much, but he was yeah. just so much potential. I, I, I just remember back then thinking, I, I don't know about this Wainwright guy. He seems tall and lanky, but this Reyes, this is the guy that's going to be here 15 years. Yeah, and he had the high socks and everything just said, like, this is a kid you want to root for and you can get behind. And, um, hey, you know, his career didn't pan out like many would hope. But if you win a game in the World Series that you're not supposed to win – I mean, you can't – there's no going back on that. You take on Justin Verlander. You get, what, 17 in a row. Um, yeah, and just me thinking he'd be around 15 years shows my baseball scouting knowledge there. I know Charlie Meyer. That's a joke for just maybe a few people in our fantasy league. Right. Charlie Meyer knew. Um, Anthony Reyes, now a fireman, I believe, still in San Diego. Also had a band. He was he. What I love about Anthony Reyes, actually, now I think about it, like he every city. If if we would be in like the the California area, like in San Diego, I believe he had like some f- people, like family that were firemen. In L.A., there was all these rockers hanging outside the locker room. We're like <laughs> Reyes must be Reyes, and here comes Anthony Reyes. He like knew this whole band. I don't know what the band was. I, I'm assuming they're bigger now than they were then, but. Um, that's what I remember about Anthony Reyes. Hmm. Number 23, uh, Brian Barden. I think it's amazing that we had a Brian Barton and a Brian Barden at the same time. That's got to be never happened in any ever uh, sports. Uh, you may have to look that up for me, Mike, to see if, right. if, if uh, Brian Barden is the one that nobody remembers because he wasn't a um, brain scientist. Rocket scientist Brian Barton. Rocket. Yes. Brian Barden was actually, I believe, the player of the month in April of 08 May or 09, or he was the rookie of the month. But he had like a, a crazy start and then sort of fizzled. But good guy, nice guy, and he wore number 23. He was also an opening day starter, I think, for one of those years as well. Yeah, it might have been 08 or yeah, 09. Probably had to be 08 because the next 23 was David Freeze. And now we talked about this last time. He wore number 12 first and then number 23 Everybody loves David Freeze. Who doesn't love David Freeze? Right. How could you not? I mean, future Cardinal Hall of Fame. I mean, he he's like one of those guys. Give him the jacket now. Let's just don't. You don't need a waiting period. Let's just give him the jacket. Right. Exactly. And you know the the best thing that could happen to David Freeze is getting traded out when he did because that was kind of like a brief, abrupt ending, and he got to go on and have you know a, a solid career. Just retired from baseball. Um, but it was awesome. I don't know if you saw that somebody, uh, somebody paid Nelson Cruz money on cameo to wish him a happy birthday just about a month ago during this quarantine. And, um, yeah, he's, he's an icon. He's got, you know, some of the best, biggest moments in Cardinals history. He's homegrown and, um, yeah, just, uh, I, I mean, and the 23 on the new Jersey, um, that came out and the cream with the gold on it. 
uh, probably one of the best-selling jerseys that, that St. Louis has ever had. Is there anyone more popular than him? After I mean, I guess Pujols maybe. I mean, but everyone loves David Free. Like, there's no, but there's never been continual standing ovations each year after he's left. Like, he comes in as a pirate. Oh, standing ovation, Dodger. Oh my goodness, we last at bat maybe. Oh, we got to give him another one. I mean, no one has ever. I guess do you know the only one? The only one I can really think of actually for that now, now in my memory was Willie McGee. I remember every time he came back through the mid '90s, that happened, and that's that's really the only time I can think of. But in the current day, I think David Freeze is the right. most popular Cardinal of uh, of this uh, generation. I would say. I'd say, yeah, for sure. I mean, two big hits, you know. I was, I mean, what he did in that 2011 playoff series. It's, it, I think they showed Game Six. I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago. They showed Game Six on ESPN, and then. They did sort of a mini post game with Scott Van Pelt and Tim Kirchin. He has the most runs, most RBIs, and like yep. best slugging in any postseason ever. Like it wasn't just one moment. It was he did it all. Yeah. He, well, basically, he was like oh, you think he was one for eight in the first three games of the NLDS. He was not hitting well, and then Roy Oswalt, game four, he hits a home run to center. Uh, that was the squirrel rally squirrel day, and I don't know what it was about the squirrel and David Freeze, but they're interlocked. Forever. <laughs> Fortunately you know, or unfortunately, as Kevin Dibbal would say. <laughs> so then you, I mean, you know, a guy like that leaves. The next logical guy is Ed Easley to wear that number. Absolutely. Right. Ed Easley. make that transition. It's one of my favorite names. I don't remember much of him playing. I know a lot of these backup catchers didn't get much time because Yachty was, was pretty much like, uh, I'm fine, I'll play. Uh, so Ed Easley came up for a cup of coffee, but that's that's a great. I mean, that's like a name out of the 1910s, you know. Oh, there's old Ed Easley there, <laughs> right? Which takes me to my rant here. This is my my list of uh, backup catchers of the 2000s. I might just Ooh. I'm going to run through some names and just Mike Rose 06. Can we finish 23 first? Ozuna. Who cares? What do you mean? Who cares? I don't care about that guy. Oh, Marcelo man. Zuna. I was I was trying to weave. Yes, Marcelo Zuna wore it for two years. You got you're a fan. Yeah, I I mean this was this was one of the biggest I guess free agent acquisitions under our off season acquisitions called to go into a season from from John Mozeliak. It was the big dog that was going to come in and fix things and make them on par with what was going on in the rest of the division. And this was supposed to be the guy. He was on the floor team and he had, you know, had led in RBIs. He had won a gold glove. And this was a guy that everybody was supposed to fall in love with from, from the start. And, you know, he had the shoulder issues. Um, the feeling wasn't there. He carried the team sometimes with his bat, but I feel it was, it's a, uh, it's an unfortunate flop. You know, lost him in free agency, didn't sign his qualifying offer, got less than the qualifying offer, probably should be back in a Cardinals uniform this year and isn't. Um, and it, it just one of those things where, you know, for a lot of years, a lot of things worked out for the Cardinals. This is one I think is is uh, one of those things when you see what Christian Yelich is doing for the Brewers that, that that's going to sting for a bit. You think it's the whole signing and having Ozuna here for two years is a flop? I do, yeah. Yeah, I thought he was. I mean, I thought he was decent, and obviously wasn't what I was hoping. Like the 
37 homer, 120 RBI guy and the 500 slug guy, but I thought he'd be better. It sounded like the, the, the Cardinals just didn't have enough to get Yelich. I know Mo, <laughs> I mean, after Yelich had his last couple of years, he said, well, you know, we, we didn't have what the, the Milwaukee Brewers had to give up. And so I could see that, but anyway, I, I remember wanting Ozuna over Yelich back in those days anyway. I mean, I wanted Stanton first. But right. I, I think I wanted Ozuna second. Yelich didn't just did, I didn't see this coming out of Yelich myself. And I'm not saying and I'm not saying that that you want Christian Yelich instead. I'm saying what the Brewers have got out of Yelich. You'd hope that you would have got something close to that out of Ozuna, a guy that you got over here, you got on somewhat of the cheap, and the, would have had a second contract, and you'd be happy giving them a second contract and somebody that you can plug in at three four every day. And you have no questions about it, and could be a star for your organization. That didn't happen. I would have kept. Well, I would have totally kept him. I would have. I would have. Uh, I mean, I don't think he wanted to stay after he only got a one-year qualifying offer. I would have offered him two years, but they believe it, this all doesn't matter right now. But they, I guess, you know, they believe that Dylan Carlson is the next thing, and they're going to play him. Hey, is that Ryan? Hey, it is Rhino. <laughs> Come here, big guy. Hello, Ryan. Welcome to baseball. welcome to here's the pitch. He's wearing a baseball shirt. Look at that guy. He looks. He's big. He's getting bigger. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. Orange. All right. Is, is he, well, that's going to do it for number twenty three. That was exciting. Yeah. And there's number twenty three himself. Number is it, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> and there goes the child. Yeah. That, that's so. That's cute. <laughs> Well, that was fun. It was good seeing Ryan. I haven't seen yeah. Ryan in a while. It's, we're all quarantined. That was good timing, too, right, as we wrapped up 23. Yeah, you, you can see this on YouTube. You can see Mike's young child. He's very <laughs> handsome. He looks like his mother, luckily. Um, so I'm going to skip the catcher thing because it's, it's a long list, and at some point we'll get to it. The next thing we were, I, I had on the agenda, I have another two, two topics, and we'll be done. Hope, hopefully you have time, Mike. I always have to ask. Yeah, we're good. Uh, so we'll open some baseball cards at the end, but uh, the, the next topic I had was top four summer rentals. So topic I came up with back in the day, I was thinking, who are the best Cardinals who came in midseason and then they weren't back for the next season? They were summer rentals. I had a list of seven. If you don't mind, Mike, I'm going to do four, and then I have one. Ooh, okay. Because after I looked at the numbers, some of them just didn't – I'll give you some – how about I'll give you some uh, – well, let's. I'm going to give you number – Three through, or four through one. I'll give you some honorable mentions, and then I'll tell you who I think is number one, and then we can debate. Okay. I, at, at number uh, at number uh, number three. Okay, I have. <laughs> let's just say that number two is a tie for with three people in it. I had Cesar Cedeno in 1985. Came over from the Reds August 29th for Mark Jackson. I don't remember Mark Jackson. Cesar Cedeno. At 434, he slugged 750. He had six homers, 19 RBIs, and only 76 at-bats. 85, again, is one of my first years watching baseball. I think Mike's a little younger than me, so he probably doesn't remember Cesar Cedeno. But it felt like, as a kid, when this guy came up, every time he was going to have a base hit. And then he was gone, and he retired. He was an older guy. I didn't even know who he was. Like, who's Was he a rookie? Did we just call him up? He was a longtime Astro, and I didn't know this. Cesar Cedeno, good summer rental. You have nothing on him, probably. You don't probably remember. I don't. Number seven, which there's not many number sevens. Matt Holiday and and Cesar Cedeno. All right, how about another summer rental? Which, which, yeah, go go ahead with your list. But I mean, I could almost make the argument 
that Matt Holiday should be on this list. Not a summer rental. He stayed around after. So it's got to uh, be a you so rent. It's got to be done. So not just acquired, just acquired and done. So yes, okay. thank you. See you later. Like Will Clark in 2000. Yeah, July, I'm with you. July 31st, 2000, traded for Jose Leon to Baltimore. Never heard of him after that. He uh, slugs 655, has a 1.1 OPS, hits 345, only 170 at-bats, 12 homers, 45 RBIs. I think he hit three homers in his first three games that he started. And, I, I man, when he was done, I was like, come back. We want you to come back. Why don't you come back? And he retired after that year, but – we talked about Will Clark a few episodes ago, but this was one of those first Walt Jockety, holy shit. Well, I guess after right. McGuire, he did the McGuire one. So this is the, I'm sorry if Ryan, your child, is still around. And no, he's not. He probably hasn't heard words like that in that house. He's probably hearing worse right now in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> but Will Clark was huge in 2000, and that was one of those, wow, they're definitely, I mean, and Will was in the end of his kind of his career. He wasn't really doing the same things he was doing in, early in his career. But he got uh, revitalized, and it was awesome to see. And evidently, he just beat the shit out of J.D. Drew, like, the whole time. <laughs> uh, all right. So number two, I have a tie for three people. Okay. Ed, 2011, Edwin Jackson, Octavio Dotel, and Arthur Rhodes. Three pitchers that come over, different trades. Uh, Jackson and Dotel were part of the Toronto big trade for Colby Rasmus. And then Arthur Rhodes was just a free agent pickup, I think, in August, but without those guys, you don't win the World Series in 2011. I can't decipher between the three of them. I put them all here at number two. They all feel like the same same package that you know they came in at a time. I think Arthur Rhodes was on Texas earlier in that year, yeah. So no matter what, he was going to get a ring. That's right. Um, but but yeah, Dotel. I think Dotel was such a huge part of of that bullpen. Really solidified um, the the back half and through the seventh and eighth. Um, a big one there, and then Belliard, he he gave life to a position that was lifeless from that as well. So yeah, I I, I think that's a good group. I think they belong together. It's kind of like, um, you know, a, a stable of players from that from the summer rentals from like from that. The four horsemen, maybe. Yeah, yeah if we did, all, you know, um, <clears throat> I'm trying to think. There was the Blue Jays package that came over. Uh, as well, and they brought like um, Zabchinsky. He was part of this. Yeah. Okay. So, but yeah, so. he was here a few more years. Does not count yeah. as a summer rental. Right. So that was Jackson Zabchinsky, and was there one more? Corey Patterson, who we've talked about From, here. Before. Uh, oh yeah. Dropping so he would have been a bit part of that as a rental because he was gone. I didn't add I didn't him. Drop the fly ball. Didn't add him to this list. I love <laughs> Corey Patterson. Nice fella. Not part of the list. And then I looked. I mean, if we weren't doing summer rentals, you could go back. I mean, Nick Punto was brought in that offseason. He was only here one year. Ryan Terrio was brought in on a trade. Shutter. Only here for one year. Gerald Laird. There was a bunch of guys only here for one year. But these are summer rentals. They came in in the right. summer. We rented them and then moved on. So that's my number two. I put those at the tie. And I made number one, Jeff Weaver. Um, oh, brought in yes. over. Why he's in great. three. Yeah, in 2006, he was not good. He wasn't real good in 2005. He wasn't really good at – and he was just like uh, – Terry Evans is who we traded to Los Angeles Angels to get for him. Um, his numbers aren't great. It was like five and four during the during the regular season, but he had three postseason wins. He had a really good September, and then he was on the mound for game five of the World Series where he yeah. pitched eight innings. I mean, when when you have a moment like that, you ascend to number one on Brad's list. 
And he beat Tom Glavin, I think, when in the NLCS, if I remember, that was his. That was one of his big stars. He beat Glavin um, in his in his first start in the NLCS, and it was like, wow. It was crazy uh, that that Mets team had Tom Glavin, Pedro Martinez. <laughs> yet we saw Steve Traxel, a lot of Steve Traxel, and I can't remember yeah. who else was. Uh, um, uh, Perez, Oliver, Oliver Perez, Perez, Game Seven, right? Yeah, and he yeah. was, and any lefty would beat the Cardinals up. So the only, uh, the only, I don't know if you had any memorable, honorable mentions. You, I know, if, I don't know if you noticed this, and I, I, I'm still I, trying to, I, to get the, the the confines of this. So you research it a little bit more than I did. I was thinking, oh, guys that came in the summer, and that's not the case. It's guys that came in the summer and are no longer there. So it really shrinks the pool because everybody wants to stay at Cardinal, right? Of that's course. exactly the point of the <laughs> Chuck Finley in 2002 was on my original list. He came over in mid 2002. Big guy. Everybody was started looking up Tanya Katayan pictures when yeah. he showed up. Right. That's what you remember about uh, Chuck Finley. Ronnie so Belliard, you mentioned, I think, in your trade, but you were, I think you were just saying names. But Ronnie Belliard 06 is the same. His number, so after I looked at the, his numbers weren't great, but he had that one huge play, and he was pretty stabilizing to second base. So I honorable mention, yeah. Ronnie Belliard, he was traded for Hector Luna on July 30th, 2006. He was one of our trade deadline guys in 06. Okay. John Smoltz was another I, I had thrown out there as an honorable mention in August of nineteen. August nineteenth, he was trade. He was picked up as a free agent. Boston had released him, and that could have been the way his career ended. But then he comes here. Um, I believe he start. Did he didn't start game three of the NLDS, but he did pitch in that, so that was his last game. But he was he was pretty good. Um, so those are my honorable mentions. All right, very cool. Summer rentals. Uh, yeah, yeah. The big I four. More about it, but I I think that's a pretty good list. Like. Nobody uh, off the top of my head really, really jumps out um, outside of that. Again, a lot of guys get get re-signed and and uh, we have them, you know, either at the beginning of the season and or the next year. So, well, it was funny. I, you know, I'm usually negative, so I started jotting down worst summer rentals. I have those, Ooh. so I'll give one. Because I didn't want to run through, but my I think my my least favorite one is Justin Masterson in 2014. <laughs> Who's it? Justin Masterson, he's a Cleveland uh, pitcher who yeah, kind of. And, and we actually we gave up what um, one of the outfield prospects to the Indians at that time. Kaminsky uh, maybe at that time. I don't know. Yeah, we we traded them two guys in succession. One was Ramsey and one was Kaminsky, and I'm trying to think. Which one won for which? Because uh, yeah, one one got Westbrook and the other one got um, Masterson. Well, this was a bad like if this was Airbnb and this was your summer rental, you would you would give one star and you'd have to contact the owner if Justin Masterson. He was just damaged goods. Yeah. I mean, he was a good pitcher before then, but we just got a shell of what the guy was. was God, I almost forgot about. Him. I know, and that's when I was looking these up. Yeah, you know, Brian Fuentes, twenty twelve. I, I don't want to go through my whole. I don't want to. Sh- but he was a summer six plus ERA, and he was coming off being a you know at least he'd be a, a loogie guy. No, he couldn't get anybody out. His, his yeah his his form was kind of Mark, Mark Mulder ish there at yeah. the end. Well, hopefully people are enjoying this trip down memory lane. What we like to do at the end here, Mike, on here's the pitch with Mike and Brad, but more norm, normally just Brad. But Mike's been very good to come on and join. He's enjoying himself. It looks like with his child, and we're gonna open some baseball cards. Let's do it. Now I pick them because I, I I own the 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 lot here. I'm gonna have to get some more. I don't have much left. I have a looks like a ninety Donruss. 
Uh, 88 Donruss, uh, 81, 91 Stadium Club Tops. Let's go 91. 91. These are the Stadium Club Tops. So these were film. These were printed on Kodak paper, and so they're like. Do you remember these cards? Do you remember the the 91 Stadium Club cards? I, I do remember the Stadium Club cards. Absolutely. I'm opening. I'm opening. This is me opening. They are in tightly wrapped. Open a baseball card. I know. Ryan is helping out here during the last segment of the Here's the Pitch show. In quarantine. Oh, okay. Ryan is being taken away by some woman with a lot of hair. A lot of screaming. Okay. You can edit that out. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I'm not editing. Editing took a lot of time last time, so there will be no edits. Just enjoy. I was, I was talking and opening. First card I have here is uh, Gary Scott. Gary Scott. This might have been Probably a bad idea. Scott's brother. It's a bad idea. Uh, this is Gary Scott. He played for the Cubs. I remember him, kinda. But mm. let's go next. Okay, big name. This second time this guy has come out. Uh, this one came down during Matt Holiday. I opened it with him. Glenn Davis, big big home run guy of the '80s for the uh, Astros. Then he went to the. Uh, he went to the uh, Orioles, where all Davises go, and uh, yes. to end their career, hit lots of home runs, but don't don't get a lot of. Oh, look at this! The back of the card. I'm going to show the, the back of the card has. I guess that's his rookie card, or but it shows an old. Astro- oh, interesting. Hmm. And I can't really read well. These are very. It's very printed, but I I'll try to figure out why that's on there. All right, next guy. I remember this guy. It wasn't great. This is uh. This is Tommy Gregg. This is Tommy Gregg. He was an Atlanta Brave. Didn't play a lot. Nice guy. It's a rough, it's a rough pack. Yeah. He looks like a nice guy, but you know when that's your card, when you're not really doing much in your card, yep. that's a bad sign. He's just standing there looking. He's actually looking longingly into the distance. I don't think I could see that. So Tommy Gregg, he was, uh, well, he had 230 at-bats in uh, 1990. At that point, 567 career at-bats. Yeah, not much going on there. This I don't remember this happening. I don't. I should, but I don't. I've got uh, Kirk Gibson playing with the Kansas City Royals in nineteen ninety. I guess. Um. So so far we've had like two pretty good eighties players that are on the tail end of their careers in different uniforms. Again, Do you think somebody's going to pull out a Yadier Molina card <laughs> at the year forty when he's forty two on? I don't know, the Seattle Mariners or something. <laughs> that would be fun. Uh, let's see here. We had a club membership to the uh, Top Stadium Club. Ooh. It's a limited-time limited offer. You're eligible for membership to the Stadium Club. And as a collector of Stadium Club baseball, you'll like to know that Stadium Club football and hockey will – okay, whatever. Oh, it's a good – sign up for this club because we haven't seen a good card yet. We got a good one. This is a good one. I'm going to show the, the folks at home first. Uh, I'm just gonna, I haven't showed you, but I'm going to say best nickname maybe in all of sports. Primetime. Deion Sanders. Ooh, all right. Yes. That's him with the Braves in spring training. Uh, looks like they're showing off uh, his 1990 card. So Deion Sanders with the Braves. That's a good one. All right. And followed by not so good Pedro Munoz. Almost like, uh, what was it, Orlando Sanchez? <laughs> Orlando Sanchez. This is Pedro, Pedro Munoz. Munoz. With twins. Don't remember, never heard of him. Bill Swift. Okay, so this is Bill Swift. 
Now, do you have a Bill Swift story? I do. I <laughs> do you? I can tell. I can tell. Looks like he played on the Olympic team. Uh, I don't remember that. I there's a YouTube channel that uh, this this person puts up uh, Sports Center highlights from the '90s, uh, baseball, football. And Bill Swift is pitching a ton in 1996 for the Giants. So I go baseball. It just puts you in that baseball reference hole. He won like 21 games, and he was an ERA champion for the Giants in the mid-'90s. I'm like, I don't remember him being that good. I remember him going to the Giants. I'm like, oh, Bill Swift. So I had, I had a story about him. Nice. kind of sad here. We got uh, Tim Cruz. Tim Cruz died on a boat with Steve Olin, so I don't want to – make any light of that but that was one of the guys tim cruz we'll move on this is supposed to be fun damn it got a former cardinal here folks we've got steve lake playing for the phillies this is this is like naming off 23s not doing so well here steve lake started with the cubs that's his rookie we got the retirement package Okay, this guy, this would have been a good get, I think, maybe back uh, during 1991 if I was opening a stadium club tops. Hal Morris. All right. He was number 23, right? He was a 23, although, yeah. yeah. And his rookie card, I guess, was with the Yankees. I don't remember him being a Yankee first, but I guess that's right. Uh, Let's look at Hal Morris's name. He wasn't traded for Paul O'Neill, was he? Could have been. Yeah, let's see. Let's see if there's transactions here. There's not. No. Uh, what, you, what year did? Uh, what year was his last Yankee year? I don't know. This doesn't have a lot of a lot of information on these top stadium <laughs> clubs. That's that's why I was kind of going against these. I let, let you do the choosing this time. I remember this guy. Cardinals couldn't hit him. Any lefty for the Expos, the Cardinals had issues with. And this is Chris Nabholz, big tall guy, number forty three. I remember that. You probably don't remember Chris Nabholz. There's only 12 cards in the stadium club because they're printed on Kodak paper. The last one, I could never say this guy's name right. He was a, a Yankee and a Padre. Mike Pagliarulo. Pag- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not going to help you either. I wonder how Harry Carey or Phil Rizzuto handled that name. Mike Pagliarulo. Well, stadium club again. I didn't, I didn't expect much, but I let Mike Man. pick. We won't do that again. No. <laughs> I mean, we had Randy Johnson rookie. We had Andy Bennis nice. last time. What? What do you? I mean, let's see here. What? What was the? We got Dion. 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 Dion's the winner, followed by Steve Lake, since he's a former Cardinal, and Kirk Gibson, but at the end of his career. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that brings the show to the flying flying stop. Mike, it's been fun again. I appreciate your time. This is so much fun. I hope you're enjoying yourself. I am. I, I know people are watching. I see the views. I see that people are enjoying. It might not be a lot of people, Mike, but I think we're a niche kind of show. It's more about quality than quantity. Well, we're having fun. I'm enjoying it. This is I've always wanted just to kind of relive some fo- some names and talk about Cardinals, and Mike Richter is, is on board. So thank you again, Mike, and happy Memorial Day to you. You're welcome. Same to you, and sorry for all the fake news. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll figure out. Maybe we'll do an episode – or we'll replay all the faux pas and, and, and fact check them. Yeah, and let's keep your kids. Uh, let's put. Let's have your kids in bed more doing this next time. <laughs> we'll do. All right, that's here's the pitch sponsored by Masses Restaurants, five locations. STL Masses again. You can watch these on YouTube, and you can hear them on any podcast app that you go to. Appreciate you listening. We'll see you next time.